Welcome to Freedom in Christ of Pastor John. And we're continuing our study in the Word of God. Jesus said in John chapter 8 and verse 12, And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Amen. Because it's the knowledge of God's Word that sets you free. And this is why it's so important that we give time to God's Word. And we started last week talking about the importance of abiding in Christ because uh, long before we ever do anything for the Lord, our primary calling, our primary ministry is to the Lord himself. And sometimes we can be sincerely uh, burning ourselves out, uh, trying to work for him, but not spending time with him. And, uh, you know, that ultimately is counterproductive because, you know, our first ministry is to him. And uh, again, it's wonderful what we can do for the Lord and witnessing and evangelism and service and all of the good things we can do. But remember, uh, you know, the thing that undergirds all of that, the thing that is foundational to our relationship with him is spending time with him. Uh, Mark chapter one, verse 35 says, Jesus rose a long time before daylight, went to a solitary place and there he prayed. And you know, Jesus is our example, and uh, he is the one we seek to emulate. Um, all of us should aspire to Christ-likeness. And, you know, being honest, all of us fall short and in different areas. But, but certainly I believe there is a process that begins when we get saved. And that process of sanctification is, is a process in God making us more like Jesus. And that should be our aim. That should be our goal. Um, none of us should be satisfied where we are. We shouldn't settle. Uh, we need to press in. And, and so I believe God wants to bring us into a, a deeper place with him. He wants us to find true freedom in Christ, uh, freedom from our agendas, our ambition, our pride, our selfishness, our sin. And, um, uh, you know, for us to grow in our relationship with him. And it's, it's my hope and prayer that this uh, weekly program will play a, a small part in, in helping you to become more Christ-like and in helping you to, to, to grasp and to understand uh, the deep truths uh, of God's word um, because God has given us principles for living. God has given us principles for life uh, that is contained in the Bible. And if we can grasp and understand what his word says, it truly will change the way we live. It will change the way we think. And uh, again, if you can change the way you think, you can change the way you live. Amen. And uh, so anyway, Acts chapter 13. Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, uh, Manian, who'd been brought up but heard the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And, um, you know, I, I love this, this, this beautiful environment of where God has brought the nations together because they were all from different backgrounds, different circumstances. And, uh, you know, that's the beauty of the church is it br brings together such a varied group of people. And, uh, you know, Jesus is the one that brings us together. It's not our color, our culture, our language, um, our preferences. It is Jesus. Jesus Christ brings us together because he said, if I be lifted up from this earth, I will draw all men unto me. You see, the gospel isn't a white man's gospel any more than it's any other man's. It is the gospel is from heaven and it is for all men. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, 
but have everlasting life. John chapter 3 and verse 16. So the gospel is for everyone. And, uh, and so we want to play our part in bringing it to the nations. But here we see the pattern and principle that the early church established is that long before they were going on mission, they were pursuing the heart of God. They were seeking the face of God. They were fasting. They were ministering to the Lord. You see, many uh, many pastors learn how to minister, uh, you know, prophets, preachers, evangelists, pastors, teachers, etc. You know, we all learn to minister, but, you know, our primary ministry is, is not to people, it's to God. And we must learn how to minister to him uh, before we minister to others. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's like the saying, we must first uh, talk to God about men before we go to talk to men about God. And uh, when I say men, I mean mankind, of course. But again, this, this has to be our heart is, uh, you know, too many times we're doing things in the flesh and... Um, and we're frustrated because we're not seeing the, the uh, results that we desire. If we want to see the right results, we have to give time uh, to our, our primary relationship. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. It says in the Gospel of Mark. And um, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Uh, that's Matthew 6, 33. And, um, you know, this establishes... Uh, our priorities, uh, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things should be added to you. Uh, Matthew 6.33, but how can we seek the kingdom if we don't seek the king? And so we must make seeking the king a priority in our lives because we are deluded if we think we're seeking the kingdom, but we're not seeking the king of that kingdom. And Jesus is the king. He is the Lord. He is the savior. He is He is our king. Uh, he is the king of kings and Lord of lords. And so uh, we must give time to him. And, you know, th th this in many respects explains the relative fruitlessness and ineffectiveness of the church in, in, in a general sense. Because let's be honest, we're not impacting our generation like we should. And I believe uh, the reason more than anything else is, is prayerlessness. Because, you know, our, our sinfulness, um, our laziness, uh, you know, our weakness, um, our, our lack of focus, it's all rooted in prayerlessness because it's in prayer that God changes our hearts. It's in prayer that we get directions from the king. And, uh, you know, there's a big difference between good and God. Too many times we're doing good things, but we're not doing God things. And uh, when we start doing God things, we're going to start having effect on our society. And so this is where it comes back. We must learn to minister to the Lord because like I said, too many times we're doing things in the flesh and we're angry at God. We're angry at everybody else because we're not seeing the results we desire. But you know, the reality is, is that uh, many times we're just doing things because they're good ideas and not God ideas. And we see here in Luke chapter five, so it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the, the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. And when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And uh, certainly that's our desires to see a, a greater catch 
uh, of of fish we, we we desire to see men and women coming to christ i think that's the desire and burden of every pastor of every minister is to be more effective but in order to be more effective jesus made it clear we have to launch out into the deep and this is the problem too many times we we demand uh, you know a harvest we demand a catch but we're not willing to go beyond ankle deep waters and if we want uh, you know to have that harvest of souls we're going to have to go to those deep places uh, we're going to have to go out of our depth we're going to have to go to places where you know if God doesn't turn up we're in trouble and uh, but uh, again the first place we go to that uh, to the deep place is in prayer and uh, you know God wants to bring us to a deeper place of prayer he wants to bring us to a, a, a place of greater intimacy with him and uh, and so I love that where, where he said you know to Peter in Luke chapter 5 and he said, he said to Simon, he said, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and cut nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And, um, you know, the thing I, I, I find about this is that Simon had already been working hard all night uh, he had sincerely he had tried his best he'd given it his best shot he had used all of his skill and ability and and experience and yet they caught nothing and in some ways you could say that describes how much of the church is at today in that we're not uh, as certainly not as effective as we desire to be you know we read about great revivals of the past and it sounds great and we long for those days but we don't see them we, we haven't seen um you know the effect uh, like like you know they saw in the in the Hebrides or in the Welsh revival or in the 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 two great awakenings in America um uh, you know there's there's something on the inside of us longs to see uh you know revival like they saw in Northern Ireland and uh, you know different places Argentina uh, around the world where where God's spirit has been poured out and and you know people have seen you know amazing uh, you know miracles and signs and the hearts of of men and women Turn back to God and um, you, you know that's something I find quite encouraging when you read about some of these revivals is is you know the societies were really not that much different to ours today they were sinful they were people who were living in sin and darkness and ignorance and um, but and yet when revival took hold their hearts were changed people under the ministry of Charles G Finney were you know falling in the street under conviction of sin without ever hearing a sermon and uh, you know I find that very encouraging because I believe we're living in those days where, where sin and perversion and deception has been so normalized uh, in our society that you know it is going to take a move of God to awaken our generation and this is why we must pray um, Second Chronicles uh, chapter 7 14 if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways then I will hear from heaven I'll forgive their sin I will heal their land and so we have a part to play by firstly repenting um, for our sin and for our prayerlessness and uh, for our laziness and, um, and and we need to turn our hearts back again to God and and we need to uh, you know we need to get out of Facebook and get back into his book uh, we need to study the Word of God like never before because I believe the need is great and the time is short uh, there's no doubt that there is an urgency to this hour and so uh, you know as the people of God I would encourage you just on a weekly basis tune into this and it will I believe it will play a part in in helping you to prepare uh, for all that God has prepared for you Amen. Because 
on one level, God has got so many things prepared for us, but um, if, if we're not faithful in preparing ourselves, um, uh, you know, to step into what he has for us, we may miss what God wants to do in our lives. And I think that would be, um, that would be absolutely tragic. Um, I, I don't know about you, I don't want to miss uh, what God has for me. Amen. I, I want to, uh, I want to step into uh, all that God has in Jesus' name. And um, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and um, uh, verse 15. Be diligent to present yourselves approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And uh, so, again, we need to be people who rightly divide the word. We need to be people who study the Bible, who knows what it says, and who have those truths deeply planted, deeply rooted in our hearts and in our minds. Uh, thy word have I hidden my heart that I might not sin against thee, Psalm 119. You know, is God's word hidden in your heart? Because when your heart is full of the word of God, there will be no room for pornography. There will be no room for gossip. There will be no room for offense. There will be no room for bitterness or jealousy or envy. There will be no room for fear, anxiety or depression. So again, the, the, the existence of those issues in your life may be an indication of the fact that you need to renew your mind with the word of God and that you need to give more time to his word and uh, you know that's that's just my sincere desire by doing this weekly program that it will help you to you know have a, a, a better devotional life it will help you to understand the word of God better and it will help you to, to just press in there uh, into God's presence and into God's word and see your life and the lives of your loved ones changed and the life and, and and you know what the the de the the, the the destiny of our nations changed because when we change, we can affect change. And this has been the problem. I think too many times as the church, we've been pointing our fingers uh, and yet not being willing to, to undergo, uh, you know, personal change. We've been calling for, for the change of others. And, uh, you know, it's, it, we haven't been walking in that, in the light of those truths ourselves. And so again, repentance starts here. Revival starts here. Change starts here in Jesus name. And so, um, anyway, study to show yourself approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And verse um, 16, but shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness. And their message will spread like cancer, Hymenaeus and Philetus are of this sort, who have strayed concerning the truth. And, you know, it's interesting that, um, you know, when the disciples came to Jesus and they, they asked him about the end times and you know all of us you know I think loves studying the, the end times to some degree the, the end times holds a peculiar fascination for believers because you know we know that these things will come to pass and it's quite um, quite quite scary sometimes you read some of these things it's 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 because everything will literally be shaken etc and um, and so again, it, it it is something that 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 fascinates uh, believers. But it's interesting that in verse three of, of Matthew uh, twenty four, it says, "As he sat in the Mount of Olives, the Sabbaths came to him privately, saying, Tell us when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age?'" And Jesus answered and said to them, "Take heed that no one deceives you." Jesus goes through a list of wars, plagues, 
pestilences, um, you know, uh, you know, violence, destruction, um, you know, signs in the heavens, on the earth, and um, all of these various things that Jesus goes through that, that like I said, are quite um, disturbing in some ways. Um, it, it certainly will be challenging times, but the very first thing Jesus deals with when speaking about the end times uh, or when addressing uh, the issue of the end times, the first thing he warns about is deception. And so, you know, we need to be mindful of that. And this is why we need to be in the Word. This is why uh, we need to be studying the Word. This is why we need to have a strong relationship with the Lord. That is why we need to be people of prayer. Amen. And, and not people who are led by the, the latest wind of doctrine or by the latest thing blowing through the earth. I mean, it, it just seems like it's one thing after the other in our society that is causing fear and anxiety in the hearts of people. And, and in some ways, I think a lot of this is deliberate. Um, because as long as people are afraid, they can be controlled. But um, when you're no longer afraid, you can't be controlled and you become dangerous. Amen. You become dangerous to darkness. You become uh, dangerous because you're not going to be gullible and taken in by the agendas and uh, strategies of, of men. Um, and, and that's why Jesus said, take heed that no one deceives you. And, uh, and so... We, we need to, I guess, humble ourselves before the Word of God and, and not take the attitude, oh, I could never be deceived. If you think you could never be deceived, you're already deceived. And so um, this is why we need to walk in the light of God's Word. And um, that's why I called it, the, you know, this, this little program, Freedom in Christ, because, you know, it, it, we find freedom in Christ. We find freedom in His Word. We find freedom from the lies and deceptions of our age. And, um, you know, in an age where there's so much fake news to the point where you get an email and, and you can no longer hardly trust, uh, you know, if it's true or not, think about it. You get an email from your bank um, or, uh, or so many other messages we get and we're trying to establish, is this uh, fake? Is this a scam? Is this true? Can I trust this? You're looking at news. You're, you're wondering, is it fake news, etc. But you know what? The thing I love is in an age of fake news and an age of deception and an age of deceit. And, and you can see in so many ways, our age is being characterized by deception to the point where, you know, you have men who sincerely now believe they can become a woman or a woman who becomes a man. I mean, it's, uh, we're seeing so much confusion in our times. And, and yet the word of God stands, stands sure. It stands true. The Bible says this hope we have as an anchor for our soul, but sure and steadfast. You see, we need to be anchored in truth. We need to be anchored in God's word, uh, God's eternal unchanging word. And so let's stay anchored. Let's remain anchored in truth. Let's remain anchored in Christ, in Jesus name. And, um, and so it says, uh, who have strayed concerning the truth. And, uh, you know, we've, I don't, I don't know if those people ever came back to the truth, but it's a very dangerous place to stray from truth. And so um, it says, saying that the resurrection is already passed and they overthrow the faith of many. And this is the problem is, you know, when one person stumbles, they often take down others with them. When one person strays, they can lead others off into perdition and destruction with them. And this is why, again, we need to stay grounded in truth. And in the days we're in, we need to give time to the word of God. Amen. And uh, nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands. And I'm reading here in I know I jump I know I jump around the Bible quite a lot, but you know I love the Word of God and it's changed my life. You know, my mom gave me a Bible back in 1991, uh, a few days after I got saved. It was a little brown um, hardback NIV, and uh, you know what? That Bible changed my life. 
And uh, you know, I think it's it's ironic when people say you have to use this version, every other versions of the devil. You know, I I just think that's that's sad. You know, the the word of God will change your your life, and um, whatever translation you, you're you're reading, uh, the word of God is truth. And um, but anyway, uh, that that book it has changed my life. And um, uh, you know, I wanna I wanna spend the rest of my days um, uh, bringing others into a deeper knowledge of it as well, because. It, the, the Bible has brought so much good into my life. It's it really has, and it will it will do so to you if you will just give time to it. And I know many of us have developed some very bad habits over the last number of years with you know scrolling and and watching mindless things on TV. I really believe the day for that is over. We need to be uh, self-controlled. We need to be restrained, um, and we need to be focused. Amen. Because you will not win your race if you're not focused. You will not run your race uh, and you'll certainly not finish it unless you are focused. And so we need to be focused on the goal, on, on running our race, finishing our course and giving God our very best in Jesus name. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands. Having this seal, the Lord knows those who are his and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. And so if we want to know God, uh, we need to walk in holiness and we need to judge, uh, you know, any sinful habits or issues in our lives. And uh, it says, but in a great house, there are not, not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor, some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. So here we see clearly that the Bible says that, you know, if we want to be useful to God, uh, we need to be sanctified. Uh, we need to be cleansed. Uh, we need to be prepared. So I believe this, this weekly series is going to play a part in preparing you for all that God has prepared for you. Because the Bible says in um, the book of Corinthians, it says, Eyes not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man, all the things which God has prepared for those who love him. So it's 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. And God has prepared things for us, but this is the reality. I believe there are people who live and die without ever entering into what God had for them. And I think it's tragic. I think it's tragic when I, you know, if you ever stand in the graveyard and you think about, you know, the dreams, the hopes, the ambitions, the plans that never came to fruition. Um, you know, the people who died with a heart full of dreams, and that's all they were, were dreams. Um, you know, I want to die empty. I want to die having, like Paul said, I've given it my best. I've, I've, I'm, I've no regrets. Um, you know, I've given it my best shot. And, uh, but, but in order to do that, in order to step into what God has prepared for us, we must be prepared. Amen. We must be ready. And this is what Second uh, Timothy is talking about. Uh, the solid foundation of God stands. The Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. So if we are calling on the name of Jesus, we must depart from iniquity. And um, it says, In a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor, some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor. So do you want to be a vessel for honor or a vessel for dishonor? And we need to ask ourselves these questions, you know, in the days that we are currently in. Am I going to be a vessel of honor or will I be a vessel of dishonor? Um, am I going to decide that I've come this far and, and I'm not going to go outside my comfort zone? Or are you going to press? You know, like Paul said, I, I press that, that, you know, that, that I may reach for the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That, that the high calling of God 
God. You cannot get there without reaching, without stretching, without pressing. And um, this is what God is calling on us to do in these days. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for of every good work. Well, I would just encourage you to join me here on a weekly basis. And I believe God will begin to prepare you. He will begin to equip you. Uh, he will begin to encourage and, and strengthen you so that you'll be ready to step into what he has for you. And um, it says, flee also youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Thank you, Jesus. So, you know, we need to have pure hearts uh, in these days. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord or who may stand in his holy place? He that has clean hands and a pure heart and has not lifted up his soul to an idol. So, you know, this is a day where we need to have clean hands and a pure heart in Jesus' name. If we want to uh, run our race, if we want to do the will of God in Jesus' name. But avoid foolish and ignorant disputes knowing that they generate strife and you know that's what that's some people unfortunately that's all they have is they have a an appetite for argument and um you know and, and many times people are more focused on winning the argument than winning the soul and i think that's tragic and uh, life is too short for that and uh, so you know we need to be focused and not you know like a little little terrier dog running after every wheel that passes by us we need to be we need to be focused in jesus name and it says, And the servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance, so that they may know the truth. And ultimately, that's always God's goal. That's, you know, God's desire is that we would know the truth and that we would walk in the truth. And um, uh, uh, so, uh, again, we must have an appetite for truth because, you know, there is freedom in Christ. There, there is freedom in the knowledge of the truth in Jesus' name. And um, so uh, ask yourself the, the question, am I walking in truth? You know, uh, Third John, it says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. And so as we grow in knowledge of God's word and as we spend time with him, it will even affect the way we think. Um, him will you keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. You know, you're going to, even in the midst of the turmoil and confusion of our ages, you can have peace. You can have the shalom of God in your heart, in your mind, and in your home. Amen. Because I believe God wants our homes to be places of peace, places of joy, places of happiness. And if they are, I assure you this, your kid's not going to be running around the streets, you know, in the middle of the night. They're going to be home. Uh, anytime you see kids that are in trouble in, in gangs and you know out at all hours of night doing crazy things uh, you know they wouldn't be there if if they had a happy home and and so you know if we create an environment of shalom an environment of peace our kids will want to be there they'll gravitate towards that and um, and so anyway it says for I rejoiced greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you just as you walk in the truth I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. And I believe this, this is the heart of God. It gives God's heart joy when we walk in truth, when we walk in the light of his word, because he knows 
where that will bring us. Um, you know, if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we fellowship one with the other and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. So let's determine to walk in the light of the word. Let's determine to press in and discover the, the freedom that there is in Christ and, you know, to grow in our relationship with him. And I'll just finish where I started in Acts chapter 13. It says, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. You see, when we learn to minister to the Lord, it doesn't mean that we forget about a lost and a broken world. But we cannot effectively minister to a lost and a hurting world unless we have first learned to minister to the Lord. And it's as we minister to him that he fills our hearts with his love. It's as we minister to him that he changes us that you know that selfishness and that 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 uh, ambition and that all of those things uh, die in his presence and um and so it's as we're changed just like moses you know moses was in the presence of god and his face shone well i believe as we are in the presence of god our faces will shine with his glory and that people will see the difference um you know because the bible says that about the apostles in uh, Acts chapter 4, um, nor is there salvation, verse 12, in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Do you have that uh, truth planted deeply in your heart that salvation is found in nowhere else? It's not found in works or goodness or virtue. It's found in Jesus. And if that is the case, then there's a lot of people in this planet that are not ready to stand before the Lord. And I don't know about you, but that really troubles me. And so I want to play a part in reaching them for him. Amen. And verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized they had been with Jesus. And so if we will spend time with him, people will see the difference. They'll see it in our eyes. They'll, they'll see it in our face. They'll see it in our demeanor. And, uh, and it, it, it will come across because we will walk in that Christ-like humility. And it was in that place of prayer, in that place of ministering to the Lord, that God uh, sent forth Barnabas and Saul. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit. And uh, this is the difference, I think. Uh, some are sent and others just went. But uh, I believe it's a day for us to be sent. Amen. Even if it's to your neighbor, even if it's to your colleague or to your family or friends, God will send us if we are willing. But we must first spend time in his presence, spend time in his word. And as we do so, God will change us and God will send us. And we will be effective and we will see glorious things in these days to come. So thank you so much for joining me. I hope you can join us again next week right here in freedom in Christ. God bless you. We love you. Be blessed.